baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, everybody. It's 10.08 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. Will Marotti, your host, Matt Sorois at the Master Control Panel. And uh, and you, our callers, our audience, folks we love, folks we count on for your input, your support, topics, conversation. Uh, joining us now on the hotline is uh, our, I'd say, military expert. I mean, he spent 30 years in the military, most of that time in special forces, Served in the Pentagon, West Point graduate, uh, now with the Heritage Foundation, and always, uh, always brings us the stuff that we need. And and right now, I tell you, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs happening, uh, particularly surrounding this conflict in Ukraine. And so we're 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 happy to to welcome Steve Bucci back to the show. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Pastor. Thank you for having me back again. Hey, uh, you're welcome. A couple of things I'm concerned about. Um, story last week about the Russians sending us a, a warning message that, um, you know, we're we're supplying arms. We mentioned this before. We're supplying arms to, to Ukraine and uh, other countries are supplying arms to Ukraine. And in some cases, we're supplying arms to replace the arms that other countries are <laughs> supplying to Ukraine. Uh, and 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 threatens us and says, you know, there could be, you know, severe consequences for 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 these kinds of actions. Um, is is that is that just a, a a customary warning that they would give no matter what, or is there some is there some concern behind it? Well, there's it is a customary warning, and if you were invading your neighbor. Uh, you would send out a message, say, hey, everybody else, you back off. This has nothing to do with you. Yep. Uh, and if you get involved, you know, you'll pay a price. That That's mm-hmm. a pretty normal thing for an aggressor nation to say to those who might otherwise get involved. Mm-hmm. But that said, it is concerning because even though Russia has shown that its military is kind of second rate at best, uh, and that it is not 10 feet tall uh, and – that they, you know, if they tried to invade the rest of Europe, it probably wouldn't go too well for them because they hadn't even been able to invade um, Ukraine very successfully. Mm-hmm. But they have nuclear weapons. Uh, you know, it, it's not that that trumps everything, but it's something that other countries need to understand and take into consideration as they make their decisions. Uh, in the same way, the European allies, for instance, have to make a decision, well, do we really want to kick off Russia when we're still kind of tied to them for our energy needs? 
Uh, it's the same sort of thing. The difference is with nukes, you know, a lot of people will die if Putin suddenly says, I don't care, I'm going to cross the threshold mm-hmm. uh, if you guys don't back off. Right. So our leaders, the leaders of our friends and allies, have to get together and decide, one, is he bluffing? Uh, you know, two, is, is this just, you know, him puffing up and stomping his feet? Or does he mean it? And if he does mean it, what should our response be? Hmm. You've got to kind of telescope all that down the road and determine how that would affect your interests or not affect them going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I want our leaders to be cognizant of those things. They shouldn't just do you know stuff cavalierly, uh, particularly when facing a country like Russia with with the nuclear weapons, but also with a, a leader who, who's, you know, kind of a big risk taker there mm. in, in Vladimir Putin. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think you can say, okay, they've got a nuclear weapon, so they're going to be able to do whatever they darn well please to everybody else, and the rest of us can't say boo. Uh, that's an unacceptable scenario in international relations to mm. – to let somebody like Vladimir Putin dictate to the world what he can do and what he can't do and tell others, you know, Ukraine can't be friendly with the United States. Uh, you know, all the rest of these countries need to come back under his control. And if any of you say anything about it, well, then you're going to pay a price. Mm. I-, I think what should be done is we should go directly to him and say, I'll tell you what, Tell me what the price is, because if you do it, you're going to pay 10 times that. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we could do that, you know, we, we have more capability than they do. Sure. And our capability sure. is more effective than theirs. They need to understand that. And we need to put that on the table because it's it's unacceptable to let a bully run the show. Well, and, and, and I think a lot of folks think. At least believe that a, a nuclear option is really—it's not an option because it's not going to go well for it's not going to go for anybody, obviously. But it certainly wouldn't go well for Russia. And I think dictators, their number one concern is make sure they stay in power. And you know who knows what could happen if that if that Pandora's box was open. I'm interested too in the fact that some of these other countries that are supplying weapons to ukraine they're, they're kind of getting an upgrade from us and i talked specifically about this uh this uh shipment from slovakia the russian manufactured old old soviet era systems these s300 uh launchers and it's interesting that it seems like the ukrainians are more are better versed in in obsolete soviet style weaponry than they are in western more modern weaponry but we're replacing now those missiles in slovakia with a patriot missile system so they get a step up i mean imagine the the patriot system is far more advanced and and uh, workable than an s300 system i don't would that be, would that be accurate? You're, you're spot on uh it's it's a good deal for the countries giving this equipment to ukraine if we backfill it with you know top-notch American equipment. Mm. Uh, the, the advantage is though the Slovakia, Poland, those countries, when they get the American equipment, it's safe to send our people there to train them. To, mm-hmm. you know, no one's shooting at them today. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. some time where they can get competent on this new equipment 
whereas the Ukrainians, they're in the middle of the fight. It, you don't really want to give them a bunch of equipment that they don't know how to use right. because that just means you have to find a way to either pull their people out of the fight, train them how to use it, and put them back, mm-hmm. or send our people with the equipment into the fight to sort of train them in the middle of it. That's not an ideal training situation. Right now, the Ukrainians <laughs> know how to use all of this Soviet-era equipment, mm-hmm. the S-300s, you know, the T-72 tanks, uh, right. the MiG-29s. Uh, mm-hmm. They know mm-hmm. how to use them all very proficiently. Mm-hmm. They're willing to do it. They're not asking for anybody else to fight for them. They just right. say, give us the equipment and, and we'll carry out the fight. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's the right way to do it given the circumstances out there now, uh, you know, backfill them, the, give the Ukrainians the old stuff that our, our NATO allies that surround uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. have and are probably have been thinking about phasing out or are in the process of phasing out anyway. Mm-hmm. Give it to them. You don't have to charge them for it. And then work a deal where we sell those countries American equipment to make sure that they don't have, you know, they're not left with nothing. Right. Uh, right. And, and everybody benefits other than the Russians. So uh, help me understand right this. We're talking we with Steve be worried Bucci about from, benefiting the Russians. Talking to Steve Butcher from Heritage Foundation. Help me understand this, Steve. So, so basically what we did with Slovakia, they, they've got these, these old, uh, I, I guess they're, they're surface-to-air missile systems, the S-300 launchers. They we give they give those old Soviet style launchers to to Ukraine. They know how to use them. They they're still effective. We replace the Patriot missile system. Isn't it the same thing? And I don't know why the deal is being held up so long with Poland giving sending uh, MiG twenty nines to Ukraine and us backfilling with I don't know F eighteens F twenty twos whatever. Why why is that so much different? And why is Biden continuing to block? The, 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 the jet exchange while we haven't blocked the missile, missile exchange? Uh, in my opinion, there's no difference at all. They should be treated exactly the same, and we should be moving all of this stuff. Uh, the, the one difference is uh, the, the missile systems are ground-mounted. You know, they, they're on trucks on the ground, and you can just right. drive them in, and they sort of blend into the countryside. Whereas if you're flying new aircraft in, it's a, a signature that the Russians can track and, mm, that's true. you know, go after. So it's there's a mm. little difference from the logistical standpoint, but from the, the you know, materiel standpoint, the money, the, the you know, the, the contracts that have to be signed, there's absolutely no difference whatsoever. Mm-hmm. All right, so new, new threat, next threat. So we're being threatened by the Russians for supplying weapons to Ukraine. The, the latest threat is whether or not Sweden and Finland will join NATO, and, um, and the Russians are making threats about that. And, and I'm trying to, I, I find that harder to understand than the other threat. What, what is the, to them, what is the big threat with Sweden and Finland not exactly military powerhouse nations, I don't think, but what's the big threat to Russia if they join NATO? It almost seems like it would be a natural fit. Uh, there's really no threat. Uh, Finland, for many years, uh, declared itself neutral, uh, and that was part of the deal between NATO and the Warsaw Pact, 
Uh, fortunately, you know, nobody forced that on Finland. The Finns were happy to be neutral. Uh, and But Putin now is saying, oh, you can't change this. This is the way it's got to be. Uh, and with no, apparently little understanding that the only reason Finland and Sweden want to change their status and join NATO is because Russia is threatening them. Hmm. They, they feel the only way they can be secure now is to be a part of NATO because Russia can't be trusted to stay within its own borders. Mm. Nobody wants to invade Russia. Mm. Nobody is threatening Russia. That is a complete fantasy that Putin peddles to his domestic con- uh, constituents so that they'll, they'll think he's you know, a big, great guy for Russia. There isn't anybody threatening them. You know, Pastor, this is, I, I was the attache in Albania for several years. Mm-hmm. And the Albanians used to tell me that what their communist leaders told them was that a fight would start between Albania all by itself with the NATO countries. And then, for some reason, all of NATO and all of the Warsaw Pact would all attack Albania. And, and I'm saying, guys, nobody was going to attack you. No, nobody cared. You know, that sounds like a stretch at best. Right? Just like, yeah, but that's where are what, they coming up with that? That's what dictators do. They tell yeah. lies. They dream mm-hmm. up these fantasies, and then they have their propaganda apparatus peddling to everybody. And that's what this is. Finland is not a threat to Russia. Sweden is not a threat to Russia. So I think NATO is not a threat to Russia. None of the NATO countries want to invade Russia. Right. Uh, Right. We just want Russia to behave like a normal country, which they seem to be, you know, refusing to do. Well, I just um, I'm I'm concerned because it seems to me that uh, the, the the coverage, the media coverage is starting to wane. Less people talking about it in the media. Ukraine's still in the fight of their life. People are being killed every day. Russians are being brutal and, you know, slaughtering people needlessly. Uh, it, it seems very, very disheartening to me that we're not paying more attention to this. That's why I think there has to be such urgency in getting weapon systems to them now while people are still thinking about it. I, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, that the city of Mariupol is... is it's got one little holdout section. Uh, something needs to be done to help those people because the Russians have already started deporting ethnic Ukrainians into Russia mm-hmm. to, to re-educate them. Uh, I mean, they're doing things that are eerily reminiscent of both the, the Nazis and the Soviet Union. Uh, this is not normal. It is not the way countries are supposed to uh, interact in, in the 21st century, but Putin wants to go back to a long time ago, mm-hmm. and he's willing to, to let his people die to do it. Mm. Uh, and, and we just need to, to stand up to him and make it stop. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're praying for. We're praying for us, an end to the violence, an end to the war, 
let let Russia get, be done with this thing and, and spare the Ukrainians. Hey, Steve, always a pleasure. Steve Bucci Heritage Foundation, always a pleasure and always so much appreciated. I know the folks love hearing from you. Thank you so much. It's always my pleasure, Pastor. Thank you for having me, and hopefully we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.